Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Yvonne. How are you? I'm fabulous. Good morning. How are you? I am fabulous. I am so happy to be here after all the technical difficulties (laughs) we've had this morning. I am thrilled to be here. Good morning, everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. Technology was smooth, you know. It's just been it's just been one of those Monday mornings, but it's all good, everyone. My name is Dr. Elizabeth King, and my co-host is Yvonne Haas, and this is the Lipstick Attitude. We're here every single week, offering you life hacks and tips on how to live a resilient life and how to be so successful and to have the best time as you're going through this thing that we call life. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Listen, you bought the ticket, time to take the ride, my friend. Oh my gosh, we bought the ticket, I guess, at birth. <laughs> and we've been taking the ride all along. I don't know. So. Sometimes I think I should have opted for the first class ticket because I kind of feel like I got the bumpy coach ride recently. I don't mm-hmm. know about anybody else. Listen, we're all living through a pandemic, so we are all on that bumpy ride right along with you, my friend. Right along with you. <laughs> But uh, it is Monday morning, and we are recording this uh, great episode. God knows when you're going to hear this, uh, because by the time you get it, it is pre-recorded. But we are live right now, as as is. So don't (laughs) judge us if you hear bumpy rides along the way, folks. You are our friends. Just remember that, because sometimes, did you know that my computer started to do a total reboot and an update when right before we got started. So that's just the story of my life today. Of course. And then sometimes the dog barks or my kids drop something in another room. So it's all part of the fun. And I think most people out there who are working from home totally understand anyway. Absolutely. Well, we're using that right now, that excuse that we're all working from home, but I think we're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. So get used to it, folks. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is our new normal, so get used to it. Exactly. <laughs> Today we have a very good topic, I think very important. Um, I think all of our topics, I think, are so appropriate. And, you know, so many folks are experiencing these types of things, especially right now. Um, we're going to be talking about domestic violence. And we know that through the pandemic, the numbers have increased, and we really need to have a serious conversation on how to break the cycle of domestic violence. So stay tuned for that. If you or someone you love may be experiencing domestic violence, you really want to be here and listening to the show for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And October, by the way, I know is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but it is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. 
you know, and it kind of takes a backseat to the, the medical one, but it is equally as important violence. And how can you break out of the site? And on Facebook, you could actually watch us because it's video uh, as well as YouTube. And we're on Stitchers, we're on Spotify, and God knows what other, uh, other uh, software or websites have picked us up. So make sure that you're looking at all of your favorite mediums on how you get your podcast delivered and make sure you're sharing the name of the podcast is of course, the Lipstick Attitude Podcast. So we hope that this one is of great benefit to you and to your loved ones. Uh, but before we do that, we always start with uh, what's new and great in your world. So brrr, drum roll, you Yvonne, go first. So on Saturday, my little uh, junior Girl Scout, hey Courtney, and we're over, but they also received their bra over, but they also received their bra over, but they also received their bra receive, and these are awarded to girls who are out there doing community service. So these girls actually got together in a pandemic, and I also found out they were the only junior troop in their service unit who got the chance to complete their bronze award this year. So they pushed through and created 240 uh, hygiene bags for a local homeless community. Wow. So they gathered the supplies, they enrolled restaurants to help them gather things, you know, all of this in the midst of a pandemic when so many people were, you know, reaching out for support, uh, they were meant, they managed to meet their goals. So they were awarded their bronze award. So wow. I have to tell you, between bridging through a cadet and earning that award, I only cried a little yesterday. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, just a, a little. little. I was so grateful I had to wear sunglasses because it was an outdoor, socially distant event. But um, but yeah, it it just made my heart just swell. I couldn't believe how much you know they've grown from. They were daisies together, and now they're going into cadets. Yeah, so beautiful. And she's awesome. still loving it, right? Courtney is still oh, loving it. Oh my God. Yeah, she absolutely loves it. She's That's super awesome. excited. So hopefully it stays that way because if not, it's going to look weird when mommy goes to all the Girl Scout events <laughs> and doesn't have a kid there, but that's okay. I'll figure that part out. <laughs> Congratulations, Courtney, and to your troop. I'm so proud of all you girls. Keep doing it. You know, that is so like, so heartwarming right to see young ladies do this kind of work it's it sort of it's like an extension of ssl right this is what we do and mm -hmm. and we promote giving back and being philanthropic and and the girls are learning that from day one so i'm so proud yeah me too congratulations me too. you should be very proud mommy That's i am it. a very proud mommy it That's makes awesome. me you know not eat her when she's not acting like a Girl Scout. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me that she can be sweet. Lord yes. help us all. All right, my friend. What's new and great in your world? There went my drum roll. Okay, well, what's new and great in my world is I am super excited because we finally got all the gentlemen confirmed for our October 23rd Women Whiskey and Men in the Hot Seat event. It's a virtual fundraiser and we are so excited. We have not revealed the names of the gentlemen yet, but that is coming probably by the time you actually hear this podcast, by the time we, we release it, it's probably going to be out. So this is kind of old news for you, but 
as of right now, this Monday morning, we have not released it yet. So I'm super excited. Stay tuned for that. But if you have not purchased your ticket, go to SSLwomen.org and you will see the event is up and we are selling tickets and you're going to have such a blast. We're going to do a whiskey tasting uh, sponsored by our, our, um, our distillery. Uh, I, I hope I can say it, Pendrin. Pendrin, is that the way you pronounce that? That's the way I would pronounce so. it. Yeah, Pendrin <laughs> Distillery. And the cool thing is that the women that own the distillery, and then after that, we are going to do the Men in the Hot Seat panel. And you, my young lady friend. <laughs> Today I'm young. That's yes. awesome. I tell you, young, I tell you that you're young all the time. Don't even go there. You're I know. 28. You yeah. <laughs> so come on. Whichever it is. Whichever, something like that. 28, yep. 29, 25, pick the number. About 17 mentally. Mentally, well, these days, uh, boo. Yeah, I'm about exactly. five. I'm about five. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but now you will be the moderator as always because God knows that no one can take that position from you ever. Because I'll quit. You'll quit or kill someone. So <laughs> pretty so. much. But I, I have to tell you, without revealing any of the guys' names, as I see them come through, I am very secretly and, and apparently not so secretly anymore, kind of sad that it's not in person. That's what you, you know? said to me, because you want them there, right? In I person. want them there. Yeah. I do. I, and I'm sure they'll be great and we're gonna have a really awesome time. But I I just I would love to have these guys together in a room with uh with an audience would be really awesome it would be awesome but we're gonna make the best of it everybody's yeah. pivoting to do new and great things and guess what uh, we are resilient right so we're doing it and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun so again if you have not purchased your ticket yet go to sslwomen.org it is limited uh space believe it or not because we need to be able to manage the technology for all the folks so uh, what we are recommending is that you have a girls night and have a few of your friends social distancing of course and being responsible but uh, have a watch party um, set it up on your tv and have a watch party have a couple of girls over and make this into a fun night of girls night um, and gentlemen are invited so guys you are not excluded from our events we love men that support women. And so we hope to have all of you there and uh, having a great time with us. So remember that October 23rd, it's coming up fast and furious, women, whiskey, and men in the hot seat. Oh, and yes, we're going to have a raffle too. So oh, yeah. stay tuned for that. We have a lot of amazing items coming in. And again, this is a fundraiser for us guys. This is going to help us support Project Kids, which is our umbrella project um, that oversees the mentorship program and our toy drive, um, everything we did for uh, COVID-19, everything is under Project Kids. If, if it's related to kids, it goes under Project Kids. So you are helping underprivileged kids by supporting this event and by supporting SSL. So hope to see you all there. How about that? I'm all sure right. we'll see them all there. How would we they are. not come after that? I know, right? I am so, so, so excited. And 
the, the gentlemen, we are hoping to be able to interview all of them on our podcast before the 23rd. We'll see how uh, timing works in our favor. I'm hopeful. But if not, you'll get to see them and hear from them on that night. And the lineup is just tremendous. Uh, very, very um, uh, awesome to see these guys. They're leaders in our community. They're from all walks of life. And uh, not just in, in Broward County where we're at, but they're coming from New York, they're coming from California, they are in Miami, they're in Fort Lauderdale. So um, thank God for Zoom in that sense in that yeah. we're able to do this uh, across state lines and, and everybody can be part of it. So you can also sign up no matter where you're uh, at and where you live. So October 23rd, don't forget. All right, let's get to our topic of today, breaking the cycle of domestic violence. Yvonne, why don't you kick us off by just talking about what is domestic violence? Yeah, so actually domestic violence has a really special place in my heart because when I was gaining my hours as an intern to finish schooling for my master's degree, I ended up doing my internship in the world of domestic violence and didn't think that I would like it and I actually ended up staying there for a few years after my internship because I you know just came to really love studying it but domestic violence just so everyone knows is is a form of abuse and it's also known sometimes as intimate partner violence so we are specifically talking about people here who have some level of an intimate relationship with each other but it can include any member of a family. We can have older children who abuse their parents. This is also a form of domestic violence. Or another family member, like an uncle who abuses you know, some, um, their nephew or somebody. So there are different types of domestic violence, but the main factor is that these people know each other and have some level of an intimate relationship with them. So it's not strangers on the street. It's not an anger management issue. Domestic violence is very much listed in, as its own, uh, own area of abuse. And it can show up in different types of ways. So number one, obviously we have physical violence and that is what most people are looking for. There are bruises, there are broken bones, um, there are cut marks. So those are the most obvious to people, although you can have physical violence um, without showing any marks. If you do, you know, hitting someone on the back of the head doesn't necessarily leave a mark. Hitting someone in the stomach with things will oftentimes cause internal damage, but no external marking. So, but those are forms of physical. Uh, one that people don't necessarily, you know, equate is emotional abuse. And this is name calling, put downs, humiliating people, um, controlling them with family and friends, controlling how someone dresses. With the sole intent behind emotional abuse is to isolate a person by reducing their self-esteem. So these are the top two areas, but some of the other areas also include things like economic abuse, we have partners out there who are controlling the money. And I'm not talking about you have one person who really likes to save in a relationship and the other person who really likes to spend. This is someone who has no access to the money regardless of the fact that he or she is earning a substantial income. They can have no access to it. 
Then there's sexual violence. There are still, it is the year 2020, and I'm sure you come across this too, Dr. King, that people don't think that you can rape your partner. If they're married to you or you've been in a long-term relationship, they don't consider that rape. It is rape. A thousand percent it is rape. It doesn't matter if you are married or been together for 25 years. I don't care. Okay, so, and sexual violence includes an assault, but also includes like forcing your partner to dress in a certain way that is provocative or requiring them to engage in certain acts or cheating on them and telling them that it is their fault because maybe they're not having sex with you at this time. You know, with with the sexual violence one, uh, I just recently had a couple that um, they drank to the point that the wife passed out and um, the husband apparently abused her in the sense that she woke up and she was bruised all over the place in her groin area her legs and she doesn't remember any of that. And the husband, when they came into, she's my wife, I'm allowed to, but that's not the case. And she actually was going to file charges against them. So this is pretty serious folks. Mm -hmm. You can't just, you know, do that just because you're married. They will actually arrest you for having sex with someone that has not consented to having sex. You know, yeah. I think in, in the old days, I think women were not protected that way, um, but now they certainly are protected that way. So if someone has been drinking too much where they are not able to consent, then I suggest that you, you know, walk away and, mm-hmm. not, and not try that because you can end up in jail. Yeah, and there are definitely cultural differences on that one as well along with physical abuse. But if you are coming over and currently residing in this country, you definitely want to know the laws because I understand that in other cultures, it's acceptable to the culture, but it is certainly not acceptable here. That's right. And so another form of domestic violence, by the way, is stalking. And this is where you're intentionally creating fear or concern for the safety of someone. So that includes following them, sending tons of um, messages. I had a young woman who the guy she was seeing literally took a knife and left her a note through the hood of her car. I didn't even know you could put a knife through the hood of your car and pinned it to the the hood of her car, the roof of her car. So, yep. So these are forms of stalking. If someone has asked you to stop contacting them and has blocked you on whatever platforms they block you on and you set up accounts to go around that block, you are stalking that person. And and there are consequences for that if they wanted to pursue legal action. So again, you know, you need to make sure that you think of this as a serious threat to mm-hmm. someone and they can come after you. Absolutely. Um, Yvonne, uh, you want to share some of the stats that that we see on domestic violence? So yeah, I think a I, lot of people don't know how big this problem is. Well, let me start by saying before I get into those stats that domestic violence is one of those 
areas that knows no boundaries. It's not based on income level. It's not based on education level. It is not based on culture. It is one of those things that transcends any of those different categories where we might, you know, break things down by ethnicities or economic groups or things like that. Domestic violence has no limit. So on average, more than one in three women in the U.S. will experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by their partner. Wow. One in three. So you're standing there and you're one of, in a small group of your friends, one of you has probably experienced a level of domestic violence. Okay. That's, that's pretty astounding. astonishing. Mm -hmm. huh? And another reason to really inform your high schoolers is that one in 10 high school students has experienced physical violence from a partner. Which is so crazy. You know, when I worked for the school system, I worked at an alternative school mm -hmm. and there was a young lady there, a beautiful young woman, Latino. Um, she was dating this Caucasian guy um, and he was beating her up. He was beating her up physically. Almost every week she would get a beating. And I, you know, that was the first time that I understood that domestic violence happened even in high school. Mm -hmm. it, it was a rude awakening for me, for sure. But it does happen. And after I saw that, I started to do more investigative work. And, and it was very common that this was going on. And not because she was in an alternative school. She was, uh, honestly, she was there not because of behavior. She was there because... She had been ill prior to that and had lost um, some of her credits mm -hmm. and went there to catch up to be able to graduate. It wasn't a behavioral problem and her boyfriend wasn't a behavioral problem either. They were like, if you saw them, you would think that they were like Barbie and Ken, adorable, both of them. Yet he was abusing her um, every week, single week. And we had to really work hard to get her to move away from that relationship. Of course, we investigated further and found out that she came from a household where her mother was being abused as well. Oh, yes. And so that's the need to break the cycle. Exactly. So yes, that, that is uh, something that just mind boggles me to this day that high schoolers are, are living through domestic violence mm -hmm. um, at that young age. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the signs. Uh, uh, if you are being abused or someone that you know is being abused, if you're a victim of domestic violence, um, if you are a friend and you're seeing unexplained cuts and bruises, you need to be really paying attention to that. Um, if you see that your friend all of a sudden is avoiding um, social gatherings, uh, avoiding family and favorite activities, again, uh, you need to be um, cautiously aware of what's going on. Um, of course, you can't go and accuse anybody. So this is a full picture. You have to see all these things to know that there is a problem, right? Right. Um, if you're um, making excuses, if your friend is making excuses for their partner's behavior all the time, that may be a sign. Also looking uncomfortable, fearful around their partner. Uh, of course, you know, if that's happening and 
I don't know in in your practice, Yvonne, if sometimes your patients come in and, and share this with you where they they feel uncomfortable around their partner, but yet they cannot say that they're being physically abused or that yeah. they're emotionally abused. Absolutely. So it could be just that they're saying it, but they're not really putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. Um, over, overly worried about pleasing their partner, like making sure that they're, you know, everything is right on point. Like I had a patient that told me that she had to have dinner at the table by six o'clock PM or else it was yeah. an or else. Um, or she needed to hang up her husband's clothes um, exactly the way he liked them or else he was not going to be happy. Um, and that control factor, that mental control, that emotional control uh, is domestic violence, as we stated before. How about, you know, having someone checking up on them? Are they at work or are they at school? You know, being followed you know, mm -hmm. uh, where the person feels so much pressure. You know, if you see a friend that complains to you, oh, my husband shows up wherever I'm at or is constantly checking my phone, you know, you need to be concerned for them. Of course, if your friend tells you um, or if this is happening to you um, to uh, against their will, mm -hmm. uh, against their will, mm -hmm. uh, against their will, Mm -hmm. And it's threatening to hurt themselves. So one of them that people don't tells you what to wear, is wear a certain kind of underwear, you mm -hmm. know, or I mean, and who sees their underwear, you know, besides them. So uh, there are also when they threaten to kill you is obvious. If I can't love you, nobody will or threaten to kill someone around you. Unfortunately, in this world, we see a lot of threats to children who are in the relationship. We also see a lot of threats to pets, which is why in Broward County, they started a project Sheriff Debbie. They will actually go get your pet because people will leave because there are shelters for their children, but not for their pets. Okay. Um, if your partner throws things, punches holes in walls, and especially then says to you, at least I didn't hit you. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yells at you, makes you feel really small, you know, sometimes when these couples come in for counseling and she feels safe and she starts unloading emotionally, she seems hysterical and he sits back and says, see Yvonne, this is what it's like when I try and talk to her. She's always acting crazy like this. Okay. It's a way of making her feel small, you know, and also blaming you for having an affair because that gives somebody a reason to abuse you in their mind. You cheated on me. You hurt me worse than anybody can. Yeah. You know, the, the one that stands out for me, the one that you said about saying that you were to blame for the abuse, I, I think that that's so often so, so true, right? Um, even the couple that I shared the story that mm -hmm. um, she blacked out, he actually said, but you're the one that drank too much. And she woke up with bruises everywhere. So it was her fault that she drank too much. Yeah, she shouldn't have right. drank so much, but that did not give him an excuse. And you know, that this happens in, in a lot of areas where you blame the, the victim for the abuse. Mm -hmm. um, 
it, it's just crazy. And when you said the yelling and making you feel small, how oftentimes do we hear women say, you know, he called me names, he called me all kinds of ugly, ugly names, and <clears throat> excuse me, and you know, it made me feel like I was nosed that that's a form of controlling. Um, of course, also controlling their money. If someone is controlling your money, like how you spend your money, and I'm not talking about like as a couple, you made decisions on how to save your money. And if you're a big time spender, you know, maybe there, there needs to be a, a conversation about that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you don't have access to money that you don't, you, mm -hmm. you make your paycheck and you have to turn it over to someone and they have full control over the money. Also um, tells you what job you should work, you know. If you can have a job. If you can have a job. So oftentimes I hear women say, I can't go out and work because my, my husband or my partner says that I need to stay at home because he's very jealous and he doesn't want me to have a male boss because he's afraid that I'm going to cheat on him. You know, I hear that a lot, a lot. And so the woman stays at home and, and doesn't do anything. Um, they, uh, they sometimes don't even have access to money just to even go and buy the basics. Like you have to ask permission, can I have $20 so I can go to the grocery store and buy blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Or can I have money to go to the grocery store? So if this is happening to you and someone is controlling your money and your spending to the point that it feels uncomfortable, that is a form of domestic violence. Absolutely. And another way that there's control in a relationship is isolation. And isolation is huge. In extreme cases, I have seen people who have been forced to sit in a room and somebody spreads like, flour or borax powder around them so that they can see the footprints and they're allowed to go to the bathroom and back. That's obviously a very extreme case, but don't think that that doesn't happen and don't think it only happens in certain neighborhoods. It happens everywhere. So, but when, if your partner is, you know, making you ask permission to see family and friends or you know, create scenarios between your family and friends that makes everybody so uncomfortable that you start withdrawing from interacting in those relationships. You know, the, this is a sign of domestic violence. If he or she is embarrassing you in front of other people, or you've shared something intimately with them and they decide to share it with this group of people, you know, with the whole point to humiliate you, these are signs of isolation and isolation is a huge part of domestic violence because if I can't get to people, how can I tell somebody something's wrong? You can't. Yeah, you can't. You know, uh, going back to the physical abuse piece, we all understand that if you're being punched or pushed or kicked or bit, that's physical abuse. Mm -hmm. There's also different kinds of physical abuse. There's physical abuse that maybe your perpetrator doesn't allow you to go to sleep, keeps you up all night, mm -hmm. or doesn't allow you to get um, medication or eat. Um, I had a case where uh, the husband would actually do what you talked about, put the borax all around her seat and leave her in the middle of the room. And she was not allowed to go eat or to the bathroom 
or anything else. She had to stay there. That was emotional and physical abuse because she couldn't go to the bathroom. She couldn't get food. She couldn't take a nap. Um, so in the emotional, imagine it, it too, but she wasn't going to test it. Yeah, that, that's not what I'm going to call somebody's bluff on, I'm sure. Exactly. So you can be attacked with weapons, but it also could be borderline emotional, like the incident, uh, the, the situation that I just uh, shared with you, um, or it could be, you know, actually punching you out. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. And a, another category under physical is, you know, we can move into sexual abuse, which we've touched on a little bit before. And please remember that this happens in marriages and intimate, long term intimate relationships. But if a partner, a, a partner, you like that? If a partner. <laughs> hey, you're sounding like me today. <laughs> I'm Spanish today. If a partner forces you into having sex or makes you feel guilty for not wanting to have sex that evening, or even withholding sex from you as a form of punishment, these are forms of sexual abuse. I have had clients who were given STDs on purpose by their, by their perpetrator. Mm -hmm. um, I have had ones who become pregnant not wanting to be because their partners refuse to use any kind of birth control or allow them to use birth control. These are different forms of sexual abuse and they absolutely are a huge part of domestic violence. I want to talk a little bit about the common emotions and behaviors of the victim of uh, domestic violence because I think it's so important that you recognize this if you're doing it, if it's you or if someone you love is doing this. So first of all, there's a big belief that you're responsible for the abuse. So you keep making excuses. Well, you know, maybe if I had had his dinner at the, on the table, or, you know, if I had not been so loud, maybe he wouldn't have hit me. Or maybe I, you know, I provoked it because I was wearing a skimpy dress and he got jealous. He really just loved me. Um, Sometimes, you know, the victim also feels like they deserve it, you know, that they deserve the abuse. Again, it's like, you know what, I, I should know better. I shouldn't have known better. I shouldn't have done what I did. He told me not to do that. So he hit me because apparently I, you know, crossed the line. So you're making that excuse because you feel like you deserve it. Um, do you want to share a couple in there too? I'm sure you're, you have yeah. some in there. You know, victims are often unable to relax. They're always on high alert. They show up in session and their auto response system is so high from having to walk around on eggshells, on panic attack or anxiety attack. Because they get paralyzed by the fear. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And the fear of not being able to protect your children. You know, yes. I... I've had many cases where the perpetrator of the abuse has shown up at the kids' school, taken the school and left the country, taken the school, taken the kids from school and left the country. You know, yeah. so if you have this sense that you can't protect your children, a lot of people will stay because it's easier to stay where I can at least see what's happening than the fear of if I leave, what could possibly happen? And by the way, like we started to say at the beginning of the show, 
domestic violence is not just towards your partner. It could be towards your children. So mm -hmm. domestic violence could be um, maybe someone is abusing the child. And let's say the wife stays back and doesn't do anything because she's afraid. Um, you know, I've had several cases, uh, many cases actually, where the child was either sexually abused or mm -hmm. physically abused and the mother stays behind because she's being physically abused and she's afraid. So it, it doesn't just end with one, with the partner. It, it can, you know, flow over to your children as well. And, and that sense of helplessness and hopelessness makes you feel paralyzed and not knowing what to do. And, and yeah, a lot of times women stay in the relationship because of that fear. So yeah. let's talk about what you can do. Yeah. If you what are can a you victim. Do? What can you do? Because we're about bringing new solutions. The first okay. thing I want to say is just know that you don't have to live this way. You yeah. deserve better than that. You absolutely deserve better than that. And this is not your fault because you are in a relationship where there is domestic violence is not your fault. You did not bring on the abuse. If he or she says to you, I was never like this in any other relationship, chances are that is a lie. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you are in the state of an emergency, please call 911. Please call 911. The police will come. But if they come and you say to them, no, I think he'll calm down they may not take him. So if you call the police, you need to make sure that you are going to allow them to do their job. And if that means you also have somebody there with you to help you stand in a secure place to do that, call that person if you can, right? But there are, there are websites too. And what's always interesting, if you go to like Women in Distress and, some, and the National Domestic Violence uh, Hotline website, there is a button that if you're on that website and your partner walks in, if you click it, it will completely delete from all of your history. It's like you weren't even there. So no one can go behind you and say, oh, why are you on this website? So there are definitely websites and local resources that are available to help you and to get you out of the current situation and provide you with some shelter until you can, you know, kind of get back on your own feet. And they will also provide you a um, victim advocate so that you have someone to be with you if you go to court to file restraining orders and or obtain a divorce from that person. Also, uh, I just want to piggyback on what you just said, the, the 911 and then calling the hotline, but also in your local community, check to make sure there might be an organization that focuses on domestic violence. Like here in Broward County, we have women in distress. Mm -hmm. Make sure you reach out to them as your local community organization. Look and find out where you can, you know, find a safe place. And there are safe places for you to go if you need to go. Um, so just make sure that you are informed and that you contact, you know, uh, a local community um, resource guide. Like, for example, we have 211 in Broward County, mm -hmm. uh, which will also give you some other helpful hints on what to do. Just find what is available to you in your community. 
Absolutely. And when these, when victims come to session, we develop a safety plan with them, right? So in this safety plan, they must tell somebody else other than us what is happening to them. So if they go to work and they can say to somebody at work, if I don't show up to work tomorrow or for the next two days, or I call you with the code word something, it's raining outside, whatever the code is, I need help in that moment, call 911 and send them to my house, right? So having someone that you trust as that source is key to a safety plan as well. And then doing some things like have an extra set of your car keys hidden because batterers will take your keys so that you cannot leave. So always have a second set hidden. Have an extra bag packed and do not leave it in your car. Leave it at someone else's house because if they see a bag that's packed in your car, they're going to know you're making a plan to leave. Mm -hmm. And that can make matters worse right there and then. So yeah. you, you want to be safe. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to be, and if you can get access to a credit card in your own name or a bank account in your own name, even if you have to go to a separate bank to do this, then, then set up some stream of income if that is possible. Yeah. So let's move on to if you are the friend of the, the victim mm -hmm. and you want to help out, of course, 911 uh, is your first phone call if someone is being abused at that moment and you want to, you know, help them out. Um, but besides the 911, you know, be on the lookout for signs of abuse and, and have a conversation with your friend and say, listen, I've noticed this, this, and that. Sometimes your friend may not come to you and so you may have to go to them. And mm -hmm. I know that a lot of times we want to turn the blind eye and, and just pretend like it's not happening because you don't want to get in, involved in people's lives. But if you're a good friend, you need to have the conversation with that person. And yes, they may be upset at you for bringing it up, but they could also be very relieved for you noticing how you will feel. Not, not that it's how you will feel. Not, not that it's going to be to at least attempt to help. And he did not see me because I, and he did not see me because I, and he did not see me because I, and he did not see me because I was not happening on my watch. And here is one that I, and here be patient and do not judge. Don't judge your friend or your family member for staying in, in the relationship. This is not about, you know, you know, your opinion or what you think they should do. It, domestic violence is very complicated. Reasons that people stay in the relationship is very complicated. Hence why there needs to be a therapist involved mm -hmm. um, because obviously there's lack of self-esteem, there's codependency, there's, uh, you know, maybe some addiction. I mean, there's so many reasons that domestic violence happens. And so yes. don't be judging and 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 be and you will actually push her closer to him that way yeah. making it worse making them feel like it's their fault is not helpful because that just adds to the, like it's their fault yeah. um so you don't deserve to be you don't deserve to be mm -hmm. that's really the moral of the story 
reach out for help because you deserve to live a happy life. Absolutely. And, um, you know, look for therapy, you know, call 911, call the hotline, whatever it takes, uh, reach out to friends and family that don't allow someone to abuse you or your family. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, that was a great show. I in my most so. humble opinion. I think it was an awesome <laughs> show. I think the message hopefully is loud and clear. And I hope that all of our listeners are really tuning in to what we're saying here that, you know, everything that we do, Yvonne, is to empower people. And, you know, but you have to make the decision that you are worth it to go Absolutely. forward and, and fight for your happiness. And we're here to help and support you. And uh, hopefully, you know, that you don't have to do life alone. That's what this is all about. Exactly. All right, ladies. So let's do it. Let's put on our lipstick attitude. Lipstick is our war paint. And it's, you know, it's what we put on to get out there and face the world, no matter how interesting that world gets. It is definitely our resiliency and our strength and our courage, you know, and life right now, I think is throwing all of us for a bit of a loop. But putting on our lipstick helps us not just be a, sur a survivor, it helps us be a thriver. So let's do it, ladies. Amen to that. I already put mine on. Well, you cheated. <laughs> well, you were talking. <laughs> I'm always talking. That's my problem. It's awesome. Thank you, everyone. We Thank appreciate you, everyone. you listening in, tuning in. Make sure you're sharing this, SSLwomen.org. That's where all this information is at. And make sure you're tuning in to all of our podcast episodes. They're all full, chock full of information and inspirational stories. So Absolutely. see you next time. Bye. Have a sassy day. Have a sassy day, everyone. Bye.